Welcome to Clutch Crew Sports. I'm your lead host, Zach. And on this episode, we have a special collaboration with something like a podcast as member RM. And we got a great show for you guys. I'll let the rest of the crew introduce themselves. And it's unfortunate we don't have Aaron because I was going to say this would have been the starting five, the all-star starting five of sports podcasters. But we got we got four of the five here. Aaron is uh, a healthy scratch for tonight. <laughs> Yeah, what's up, guys? It's me, Connor. You know me as the co-host with the most, and I'm excited to be back after being absent for a couple episodes. What's up, guys? Eric here. You know me as the ranter, and I'm excited to hang out with RM today, y'all. Let's go. And I'm excited to be here, absolutely. Yeah, so this, guys, if you're watching on YouTube, go subscribe to their podcast channel, it's called something like a podcast on YouTube and his Twitter account at the one R A R E M. And then, like we said, Aaron, he couldn't be in this episode today, but this is his avenues of social media. He's big on Twitch. I was going to ask him a couple of Twitch questions today, but his Twitch is Aaron Swarm. His Twitter is Aaron Swarm as well. So that's where you can find him. All right, guys. Well, here we go. We've this is going to be our third in total collaboration between Clutch Crew Sports and something like a podcast. These episodes are always my favorite because it's something to look forward to, something different than what we're normally used to, I think for both sides. So, at the end of the last episode when we when we were on something like a podcast, we kind of teased that uh how we came together, like how Clutch Crew Sports met something like a podcast and it's honestly the story behind it's not as crazy as you might think because it's not like i you know wrote on a piece of paper subscribe to clutch crew sports put it in a bottle and like tossed it in the ocean and then aaron like found it on the beach or something like it, it's not something <laughs> crazy like that but uh but basically back in november we were trying to grow our channel so we were messaging a lot of people on twitter we would DM them, hey, want to subscribe to Clutch Crew Sports, et cetera. And I messaged Aaron that, and he was like, yeah, man, sure. So I was like, cool, I'll listen to your guys' episodes too. So I ended up listening to something like a podcast, and he ended up listening to Clutch Crew Sports. And then what was really cool was I know on our end we asked Aaron, like, give us a topic and we'll feature it on the show. So he wanted us to talk about Cam Newton and the Panthers, so we – spent a portion of our episode talking about that and then I kind of did the same for your guys' show you'll probably remember I was the one asking about will Damian Lillard ever win a championship yeah. with Absolutely. the Trailblazers yeah so that was how we met and then obviously we just kept interacting over time and we've joined each other's episodes a couple of times so that's that's the story of how we met each other uh nothing dramatic like I said about the bottle example but that's uh that's just for anybody that was wondering that was how we came together. So at the start of the last time we met, we had some questions for Aaron, now we have some questions for RM. So my first question for you RM is what would be a non-sports passion that you have that you would want to podcast about? Something other than sports that maybe you're really passionate about that you could talk about on the podcast. And other than angry drivers in Delaware. <laughs> yeah, we have enough of that. Um, I would say I would do album reviews. Like, I love music. I love, like, all different types 
uh, all different eras of music. So I would definitely do something like that. Um, I don't, have cool. you guys heard of someone called Anthony Fantana? I believe that's his name. I have not. Have you guys? I've never heard of him. I have not either, actually. Okay. He's this big YouTuber, and he actually does album reviews, and I love the way he breaks it down. So I would do something like that, but, you know, put my own little spin on it. Very cool, man. Very cool. cool. All right. So my next question for you is, what is your most memorable athletic moment? So this can be something like you being an athlete. What was something... What's your most uh, memorable moment as an athlete? Well, two come to mind. One was actually a high school basketball game. Um, I want to say it was my senior year. And uh, I blocked somebody's shot. I blocked it pretty hard. And for some reason, he thought he could make it on me the second time. So I blocked it so hard. Uh, You remember um, (laughs) when Dwight Howard was like at his peak and he would do like these volleyball spike blocks. Yeah, yeah. Well, I did that, and I blocked it off the backboard, and it almost went to half court, and I just saw the crowd go <laughs> crazy. And <laughs> I felt like I was on top of the world. But the one that really, I'll never forget it, and this was a pickup game at a Gold's Gym half court. I was just on fire. I couldn't miss. I'm doing like turnaround jumpers, falling out of bounds. And everything's going in. And I remember this one kid was sitting on the sideline and he was like, uh, it's just like the video game. Like everything <laughs> was just going in. And um, I, I don't know. I felt like I was on top of the world and I've never had that experience again. So those two times really stay, stand out for me. That, that's awesome, man. I I had a similar basketball moment where my my most memorable moment was when the coach on the other team was like, I forget what number I was wearing, but he was like, that number 22 is having a career day. You need to start guarding him because <laughs> so, I was also on fire, too. I was like, that that is so motivated. Like, that's so cool to hear that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, good good that you're a fellow basketball player like myself. Um, so then my final question for you, RM, what's your favorite and least favorite thing about your co-host, Aaron Swarm? Um. I don't have a least favorite. My favorite thing about Aaron is he he asks questions and he challenges the things I say, even though I'll tell him, like, I just read this on the Internet, but he's still going to challenge it. And I love that because that's something I would do if someone presented information to me. You know, I'm going to ask questions and, you know, kind of try to pick it apart. So, yeah, I love hmm. that about. Him. No. So no least favorite thing about Aaron? Um <laughs> <laughs> we, we've tried to get Aaron to tone down on the cussing. Um, <laughs> I think he's gotten a lot better with it. I know you guys say on Twitch, um, I've heard him on Twitch too. And, you know, he kind of uh, has some harsh things to say, but um, I think he's gotten better with that yeah. because we do want to cast a wide net. And if there are young people watching, if they're hearing a whole bunch of F bombs and stuff like that, then it's going to turn them off or at least turn the parents off. So um yeah, that's about it. Okay, yeah, that's, uh, that's cool. <laughs> I love uh, how you tried to drag this, a response out of him on that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> can't let him take the easy way out and not say anything bad about Aaron. <laughs> I'd say actually the, so the funny thing about that, though, is I I believe when we 
had Aaron on our show that one time that he actually didn't curse, but I think Zach like accidentally did once. Yeah. Which, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember that. I remember like going back afterwards and I was like, Zach, you like dropped an F bomb like accidentally once and he was like, What? <laughs> I was yeah, like, I try dude. not to do that, but uh, Aaron did a good job uh not not saying any foul language on our show. But... Aaron can control it when he needs to, I guess. Yeah. I guess we've so. had episodes where he doesn't cuss and then something passionate we talk about and he just let me go like so james I'm harden that too yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and tom brady his favorite people yeah <laughs> sorry aaron we love you yeah yeah no you're great aaron <laughs> yeah. that's passion i love that that he's that yeah. passionate you know so Definitely. i understand I, he's really authentic that's something i someone i don't know aaron personally but he does come across as really authentic with everything he says um so we'll go on now to a question for everybody i'll start this with eric and the question is going to be what's your favorite conspiracy theory because in almost every episode i listen to of something like a podcast there's some sort of conspiracy theory being thrown around so i'll start with every we'll we'll each tell tell our favorite theories uh i'll start with eric what's yours mine will be pretty brief here i'm not much of a conspiracy theory person i guess but i do remember because uh, i i will admit uh with my political beliefs i'm like a kind of in-between person i wouldn't say i'm like a hardcore republican or hardcore democrat but i usually lean a little more towards republicans and i've noticed uh and and i went to like a private school so like pretty much everybody in there was like hardcore Republican. And so I remember uh, when Obama got elected for the first term, for his first term, just like all these people I knew were like freaking out and like, Obama's the antichrist. How could they <laughs> elect him? He's Satan reincarnated. You know? <laughs> so it's like, okay, I'm not really the biggest fan of him, but I, I don't think he's the antichrist. Right. <laughs> so, so that was a fun one, like a long time ago where people were just all serious about that. It's like, calm down guys, calm down. <laughs> he, he, you know, he wasn't born in the U S according to, you know, some people too. Yeah. So, Oh yeah, there's a lot, but yeah, hearing people say that Obama was the Antichrist was a pretty fun one for me. <laughs> All right, uh, Connor, I'll ask you the same question. What's your favorite conspiracy theory? Yeah, I'm like Eric. I'm not too big into conspiracy theories because I think they're all just a bunch of hogwash. But um, I think one of my favorite ones. This is kind of like a tie. So my first one is the theory that like the U.S. was behind the Pearl Harbor attacks in 1941 because I remember hearing about this in my AP U.S. history class. Like my AP U.S. history teacher was pretty like what's the word I'm trying to think of? He was pretty. I don't know. He was just very passionate, I guess I should say. And so he had a lot of like different opinions and a very a lot of out there opinions. So he actually kind of introduced to me a theory that a lot of people came up with that like the US kind of needed a entrance into World War Two. And so but you know, FDR didn't want to anger the American people because the American people wanted to stay out of World War Two. So he kind of needed like a motivation for the U.S. to enter the war. And so he kind of like orchestrated the uh, Pearl Harbor attack. So that way the U.S. would have that entrance into the war. So I thought that was kind of interesting because 
I mean, I don't know if that one's true or not, but I, like, I don't think it is. But it was just interesting to hear about that. Like, oh, yeah, well, I mean, I guess that in a way kind of makes sense. Like, because the U.S. wanted to help out our allies, but like the U.S. people didn't want to get into the war. Yeah. And then the other one was about the JFK assassination, where like, you know, that Lee Harvey Oswald wasn't the one who actually assassinated JFK, because I've seen a lot of videos about like the rifle that was used for JFK. And I think it was like three shots were taken on JFK within like six seconds or something like that. And they were showing how like even the best marksmen in the world could not get like three shots out of this rifle in six seconds. It was that hard or it took that long in between shots, even for the best marksmen to make those shots. So I thought it was really interesting, and also because the U.S. government hasn't really released anything about the JFK assassination. Like, it's all kind of very undercover. So that was pretty interesting to me, too. Like, I think that one's more believable than the Pearl Harbor one. But I'm waiting for the U.S. government to actually release some of those files (laughs) to see, like, what actually happened. Like, was it Lee Harvey Oswald? I don't know. But (laughs) I'm interested. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, and then I'll ask RM. So what's your, your favorite conspiracy theory? Um, just to add what was said, um, a second ago about the Pearl Harbor. Well, I'm a conspiracy theorist by heart. (laughs) (laughs) I'll just admit that. Yeah. But uh, I think they said the same thing about Vietnam. Like there was a staged attack, the Gulf of Tonkin incident, Mm -hmm. uh, which would lead them into Vietnam. But, um, I don't know if anybody's seen this movie, the Island of Dr. Moreau where there's there's a guy who gets shipwrecked on an island and there's a doctor there who takes humans and animals and makes hybrids. I've heard that there's a place out on the West coast where they do this. And you think about like um, the cloning and, you know, you take two different types of DNA. And so who's to say there's not a horse bear out there. We, we don't know. I mean, but I've heard of like, you know, doctors actually doing this type of thing. So I don't know if, you know, that's something made up or something real, but I'll it's go definitely fast. That. That's fascinating, man. Like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> to have like a hybrid experiment camp going on. Yeah, uh, that's that's crazy. But yeah, yeah, I, I do know that you guys are uh, you and Aaron are both pretty big conspiracy theorists. So. <laughs> and then I'll I'll kind of go with my answer to this. Um. I, I feel like probably out of all of us, I'm somewhere in the middle with conspiracy theories. I I think there's more of them than uh, Connor and Eric do, but I'm not quite as the level of RM is. But I kind of wrote down a summary of this one, and it, it's a really interesting one to me. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of the Green Children of Woolpit story. Um, no, nope. I doubt it. I doubt it. But <laughs> I have not. Um, so basically, I and I wrote down a little summary of this. So this was around like the Middle Ages time in England. So this is real long ago. And so basically, there's a bunch of people working outside, and then they saw like two two uh, children coming out of the woods. And what was different about them was they they had a green skin on, and they were wearing unfamiliar clothes. And when they tried talking to them, they talked in a language that nobody there could understand and it was just really weird and so they tried to feed them bread and they they the kids would cry when they tried to feed them bread the only food that they would eat would be these beans and the boy and the girl they were brother and sister and then a few weeks later the boy died i guess because 
only eating the beans or something. But the girl, she started eating different foods eventually, and then she turned her green skin turned back. Uh, it it went away. So there's a lot of theories on this. And then also too, she eventually learned how to speak English and she, and so they asked her where she came from. And this is the weird, this is the weird thing. Um, so she said that she came from, she came from a land of night where the only light source was the moon. And she couldn't really explain how they got to where they, where she was because she said that she was like herding cattle and she could hear these bells and stuff, and the sunlight started to dis- disorient her. So we don't really know much more about that. That's the weird thing about the story, because the green skin could be explained by chlorosis, which is like a skin condition, or arsenic poisoning. But some, but some of the some of the theories that I like to subscribe to are that they're time travelers or aliens. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> Uh, that's uh, that's my uh, conspiracy theory. Obviously, a blast from the past, but pretty uh, pretty interesting one. If this was true or not, obviously it was so long ago, nobody knows. But this is just written down stories of this event. So that's the Green Children of Woolpit, guys. Didn't think <laughs> I'd ever talk about that on Clutch Crew Sports. <laughs> yeah, I've never heard that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's it's an interesting one, but I think a lot of the more rational people say that it was like a folk tale or something like that, or it, it was just not true, but uh, it, it was accounted by a couple people, a couple priests that were writing about it in different spots. So who, who knows? It's, it was so long ago, but that, uh, that wraps up the Q and a part of this episode, guys. Hope you, hopefully you enjoyed that. We'll move on and start talking about sports now. So my first sports question is, to, is going to be if the Lakers started now or not not the Lakers if the playoffs started now who would you like more the Lakers or the Clippers I'll start with RM who RM who would you like more right now the Lakers or Clippers uh being a Lakers fan but being a realist more than that the Clippers uh we've already lost twice to them and they continue to, to stack one players I, I I don't get it like I don't know if LeBron pissed somebody off where no one wants to come to the Lakers, but it seems like uh, I think Reggie Jackson just signed with the Clippers too. Um, mm-hmm. it, they're great defensively. Um, their their bench is deep. Um, yeah, I, I got the Clippers right now. Okay, I'll ask Connor. Who do you have, the Lakers or Clippers? I mean, I would probably have to say the Clippers too. I mean, I know the Lakers have the better record than the, than the Clippers do, but my big thing with the Clippers is that kind of like what RM said is that they keep bringing in talent. Whereas with the Lakers, it seems like it's just LeBron and Anthony Davis. I mean, the Clippers have, of course they have Kawhi and they have Paul George, but you know, they got, they brought in Marcus Morris over the uh, trade deadline. They've got Evicha Zubac on the center position. And I think the biggest thing for me when it comes to the Clippers over the Lakers is the fact that I've never been terribly impressed like he's had his moments but LeBron James doesn't always step up to the level that he should in the playoffs whereas I feel like Kawhi Leonard always steps up in the playoffs like you see a different Kawhi Leonard when the playoffs come around I mean whether it was with the Spurs or with the Raptors last year 
I just trust Kawhi Leonard a lot more in the playoffs, and I think that's what would carry the Clippers over the Lakers in the playoffs, in my opinion. Okay. Uh, Eric, where where do you stand on this? I, obviously, I know from the last episode. But yeah, anything so, yeah, so for yeah you? If, you did, if you didn't <laughs> listen to the last episode, then you or you wouldn't know. But yeah, if you had, then you would know that I, I'm also going with the Clippers right now. I Zach and I talked about this a lot in our last episode, but I, I, I just feel like the Clippers have too many advantages. And I feel like with Paul George and Kawhi resting a lot and... I kind of mentioned this too with LeBron and AD playing a lot more minutes. And I agreed with what Zach said, where he felt like that that might not necessarily be an advantage that would put them over the top of the Lakers. But with the other advantages that I feel like the Clippers have, I feel like that's just one other problem that the Lakers are going to have to deal with. I do worry for the Lakers sake that, you know, some of their players might be too fatigued come playoff time. So I don't know, man. It's it'll be interesting to see, but I, I have to give the edge to the Clippers right now. Yeah, so I'm pretty shocked that it's a 4-0 split yeah, here, but I, <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm going with the Clippers too. Uh, like I said, last episode I hashed out a bunch of reasons why I thought they were better because I originally picked the Laper, picked the Lakers at the beginning of the season, but. I just feel like with all the moves like Connor was talking about, bringing in Marcus Morris and uh, the point guard that they got, um, his name's escaping me, but that they just picked up recently, Reggie Jackson. I, I think these are these are big moves. Not only are they adding to the Clippers' already deep team, but they're also taking away from the Lakers because we thought both of them were going to the Lakers originally. So it's like addition by subtracting. You're taking them away from your rival and you're using them too. So with and also to something I haven't talked about before, but they have a huge coaching advantage, I think, because I've never been a huge fan of Frank Vogel as a coach. I was surprised that he was even hired, considering that LeBron James has so much power with that organization that he could have probably gotten whoever he wanted. So I was surprised that they hired Frank Vogel because I you wouldn't think that that would be James's number one pick. But Doc Rivers is a a far better coach in my opinion than than Frank Vogel. So I guess RM, do you have anything else to say about this? Like what's the, what's the Lakers' best chance to win? Uh, I don't know if they have a chance. I mean, I'm a Lakers <laughs> fan, so you know yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm be behind them all the all the way. But I do agree with you. I don't like Frank Vogel as a coach. Um, I'm still kind of um perplexed why Mark Jackson doesn't have a job in the NBA. I, I thought we would go after him. You know, he's proven himself with the Warriors and mm-hmm. yet he's still doing commentary. Like no team is taking a chance on him. Um, but yeah, Frank Vogel. And a lot of people thought that Jason Kidd would move into that spot. Yeah. Like weren't going to do anything, but um, it's funny enough and not to be long winded. I just watched a interview with the Marcus cousins, uh, all the smoke. I think it's Matt Barnes and Steven Jackson. And what they were saying was um, a lot of people, I guess, look at Jason Kidd as the coach more than Frank Vogel. Uh, mm-hmm. I do remember LeBron saying at one point he likes his coaches. I guess he has more respect for a coach that's played the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's not looking good. I mean, Kuzma's not doing what he's supposed to be doing. Rondo's not getting any younger. Yeah, it's going to be tough. Okay, that's that's interesting. I thought you would have had a little bit more positive out 
look on no, it. No, not I'm, I'm totally <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's cool. <laughs> yeah. So right now the Clippers have the advantage, but who knows? I think I think the health of Paul George is probably the the best chance for the Lakers because if he's coming into the playoffs hurt like he was last season, then that could be even though they've the Clippers have won without him, I think. He, if he's not 100% healthy, that gives the Lakers a, a better shot. Uh, but if if the Clippers are fully healthy, I, I think it's going to be a wrap. Um, so now we want to see if, RM, if you have a topic that you want to talk about with us about NBA or sports, you can uh, you can do so. Um, I didn't have a sports topic, but to yeah. kind of get back to the podcast thing, uh, mm-hmm. I wanted to talk about albums. I wanted to ask you guys, what album changed your life? Like when you listened to it, you couldn't turn it off. You probably listened to it for a week straight and you'll, it just had an impact on your life. Well, I'll say if, uh, if Zach and Connor don't answer my band operatio, then no, <laughs> Oh, you have a band. I, I used to, I used to a long time ago. Yeah. I used, I used to be in a band. So I, but that, I just threw that out there as a joke, but it uh, changed my life in seventh grade drama class. <laughs> <laughs> he did that project, yes. Yeah, yeah, man. I um, have to think about that one. Yeah, I, I've got an answer, so I'll go ahead and and uh, give you my take. So probably because like I'm definitely the youngest on uh, on this podcast. I'm only 20 years old, so I don't have like only by one year. <laughs> only by a year, yeah, only by a year. But um, but for me, I would say. The in high school was when I really started to listen to music a lot more. Uh, back in like middle school, I I listened to music, but it wasn't like it wasn't as big of a thing for me. So the band and really the album that really kind of got me listening to music again was um, Blurry Face by Twenty One Pilots. Uh, sure, you guys have heard some of the songs from that, and I got the album, uh, listened to it a bunch. I still have the CD from my car. Um, it's just their music is so different, you know, like it, it's kind of weird, but I don't know. I, I liked it. I wouldn't say it really changed my life, but it was something probably like in 20 years from now, I'm going to still remember. So that would be my answer. But I, I don't really think it changed my life, but it was definitely it definitely introduced me to more music and stuff like that. So. I'll see if you guys have any any other answers. I mean, I think with me, it was probably because my favorite band for a long time it was I'm a big like classic rock and even like modern hard rock I like. Okay. Um, but like for me, for a long time, ACDC was my favorite band. But I think when I kind of got reintroduced to Kiss when I listened to Destroyer like all the way for the first time. And I was like, wow, like, these guys are awesome. Like, you know, I it was something that I hadn't heard in a long time, because for a long time, a lot of people for Kiss, because Kiss is more of like a it's definitely a fans band and not a critic band, because, you know, their songs don't get a lot of airplay on the radio and all that stuff. You know, if you hear a song by Kiss, it's pretty much rock and roll all night. Like, that's the only song they ever play. So when I actually got to listen through Destroyer all the way, I was like, wow, like it kind of. I don't know if it like reinvigorated my love for classic rock. Like it just kind of like, wow, like now I w- kind of want to go out there and it showed a different side of classic rock that cause kiss is kind of like a blend of not just classic rock, but like classic metal and 
classic kind of glam rock too. Like they've kind of got a little bit of everything going on. So it let me, it opened my eyes to more forms of music and like kiss is still my favorite band to this day now. And it was really, it wanted me to go and go and see them live. Cause I had never been to a concert before. And so I think one year from my birthday, my dad decided that he was going to let me pick like, well, he let me pick two concerts the third concert, which was the Kiss concert, he had already decided we were going to go to that because they were going to be in Richmond. And I'm I'm from Raleigh, North Carolina, so Richmond, Virginia is pretty close. So he had already decided that. But um, I got to pick like two concerts to go to. And over the course of the year, I got to go to three concerts. And then um, just going to that Kiss concert was amazing. I'd never seen anything like it. I mean, I knew that they were going to put on a good show, but... Like, they really outperformed what I thought they were going to do. So it just kind of reinvigorated my love for, uh, like, classic rock music. And like I said, like with Zach, I don't know if it really changed my life, but it just kind of brought me back to, like, different forms of, not, you know, different forms of classic rock, I should say. Not just a few bands, but more bands. Mm-hmm. That's cool, man. <laughs> yeah, I guess well, just... I'll go ahead and... There, oh, yeah, I know there's ahead. one person that's it to go ahead. Do you want to uh, give your take? Uh, yeah, I'll just go real quick. I because I I used to be in a band, but at the same time, it's it's I've never I haven't really had a specific album or any type of thing that would change my life. But I guess if there's one thing I'll throw out there that that might surprise a lot of people and even like my parents if they listen to this episode, they'll probably be like, "Well, you like that," but I. I actually enjoy hardcore music, which involves a lot of like, like heavy metal riffs and screaming and stuff. Would and I know a lot of people might say that that's trash, but there is there is an art behind that, and it's it takes a lot more talent to do that than people realize. And as a person that played in a band, I've learned to you know be able to respect and appreciate all types of music and. I try to look for the beauty in each specific type of genre. And I ended up getting into hardcore music, which surprises a lot of people. But um, I guess I don't really, but I guess I don't really have too much more to say. I can't think of a, I've been trying to, like the whole time while Connor and Zach were talking, I was trying to think of a specific album that changed me. But I guess it's just, while there's not one in particular, I appreciate all the different forms of music and I can pretty much turn on the radio and listen to just about anything and find some kind of enjoyment in it. So I do enjoy music a lot. I just cannot think of one specific album. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. Uh, I'm kind of the same way. I didn't get into music until uh, I want to say junior high school. I remember there was a kid, it was like fourth or fifth grade. And he asked me what my favorite song was. And I was like, I don't like music. But uh, there was a group, Tribe Called Quest. They came out in the 90s. Um, And that, I mean, it really changed my life because I actually do um, hip-hop music myself. And it was just the infusion of, like, hip-hop and jazz. It was real cool, laid back, and mellow. And um, I remember we were going on a trip to Hershey Park. Now, this, I'm showing my age here because this was on cassette tape. Like, this was, what, 1994, I believe it was. And, um... I had a little crush on this girl and we were going to spend the whole day at Hershey Park together. But once I got that tape, that's all I listened to. I like ignored her the whole trip. I mean, I love that tape <laughs> that much. 
and I knew it like kind of teeter off, but um, I don't know. It just took a hold of me. I just love that sound. So um, yeah, that kind of introduced me to hip hop music and um, music in general. But I will give you a throwback album. Uh, there was a guy who um, introduced me to. I don't know if you guys heard the group Steely Dan. Oh yes. Um, yeah, reeling in the years and all that. And when I was. Oh yes. Yeah. I fell in love. It's they. I guess they call it blue eye blue eye jazz. But yeah, that kind of uh, took me by surprise too. So those two really um, did it for me. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Um, so we'll move on now to another sports topic. So this one's going to be interesting. Who's got more to prove, the 76ers or the Rockets? I'll start with Connor. Between these two two teams, Connor, both of them having kind of disappointing seasons so far. But at the end of the day, who's got more to prove uh, when it's all said and done? That's a good question because obviously both of them kind of have something to prove because, you know, the 76ers have all this talent on the team. Joel Embiid, Tobias Harris, Ben Simmons. And, you know, I know going into the season, especially when we were doing our kind of NBA previews, we had the 76ers like up there as one of the best teams in the East and it's just been a bit disappointing. So, and also with the Rockets, obviously, you know, James Harden is consistently in the MVP race, but yet they can never go anywhere. So, I would have to say probably the Rockets. Probably just from the standpoint of the fact that, you know, James Harden has been this force in the league for, I know how much Aaron likes James Harden, but, um, <laughs> you know, James Harden has been this force in the league for so long. And, you know, like I said, he's always been in the MVP conversation and um, it just seems like the Rockets should be better and they should strive for better things. Whereas like the 76ers are a young team, you know, they haven't quite had the years on them that maybe James Harden and the Rockets have, but especially this year, now that the Rockets picked up Russell Westbrook and there was like, okay, this is the Rockets year. Like they're going to, be better than the Clippers. They're going to be better than the Lakers. Like James Harden's going to keep putting up 40 points a game. And Russell Westbrook is going to keep getting those triple doubles. That's only going to make them better. Well, that hasn't happened. And I think really if the Rockets can't break out of this mold and do something better, it's, it's going to look really bad on James Harden in the future for sure. And I know, you know, Aaron thinks this, and I know we think this at clutch group sports that Harden's overrated, but I think the 76ers still have more time to prove it. I definitely think they have a lot to prove, but I think they have more time. Whereas the Rockets, like this was the year that they were going to have to prove it. And they just haven't. And they need to get better in my opinion, if they're going to like gain respect from people. Uh, So RM, who, who do you think has more to prove? I think the Sixers, because um, they've been together for a while now. And they've gotten all the way, what was it, the Eastern Conference Finals, and, and they lost. And Joel Embiid goes back to Toronto and puts up a goose egg. Did he even score that game? I don't even think he scored that game. No, I don't think. I think he, yeah, that that was the game. I think he had zero. <laughs> yeah, so, so yeah. and this is the year for them for anything because when Kevin Durant comes back, it's over. Mm-hmm. It's, 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 it's done. <laughs> so this is the year for the Sixers. And there's been a lot of talk about breaking up. Um, Ben Simmons and and Bede. I honestly don't think they really fit together. I think you need to put a team around Simmons because he can't shoot. Um, so when he drives the lane, he needs those. I mean, they do have outside shooters, but, you know, just to build a team, they can get a lot for Embiid. Um, 
the Rockets, this is their first year. I'm going to give them some time. I'm not a fan of D'Antoni. I don't like his, his offensive mindset just to let players do what they want, put up as many shots as they want. Um, but I know Westbrook probably loves it because James, Hard- <laughs> James Harden's already <laughs> proved that he loves it. He's putting up you know monstrous <laughs> numbers. But definitely uh, the Sixers, I would say that. Okay, Eric, uh, split the tie. Who, who's got more to prove? Yeah, I like... I liked both of these answers. It's hard to really say that one necessarily has to, but if I was going to pick, I would pick the Houston Rockets. I agree with what RM said about the 76ers being together longer as a team and things like that, but I'm going to say the Rockets because of James Harden because it seems like every year you know, there's some kind of excuse or something that comes up like I know I mean the one that I'll kind of give the Rockets credit for was when they were up 3-2 on the Warriors but Chris Paul got hurt and then they went on to lose the last two games and the Warriors won I give them a I don't blame Harden and the Rockets as much on that one but but then the next year you know supposedly Harden and Chris Paul had this tension and they couldn't get along and so then now they've gotten rid of Chris Paul and then they got Russell Westbrook. But then, you know, there were rumors of Westbrook and Harden not getting along. And it seems like the Houston Rockets always seem to have some kind of chemistry problem. And I'm also in agreement with RM that I don't like Mike D'Antoni. I, he's just strictly offensive minded. And it seems like he doesn't put a ton of emphasis on defense. I mean, he's been that way even back when he was the Suns coach with Steve Nash and Amari Stoudemire it's been the same thing and but you know with all the moves the Rockets made you know this was supposed to be their year that they had the stacked team and they were going to be unbeatable and then but it's obviously they'll make the playoffs and see what they do from there but they're definitely not doing as well as most people thought they were going to do and then I don't know about you guys too but I also thought the trading Clint Capella move was really terrible because now they have no big man really to protect the interior and grab those important rebounds and stuff like that. And I don't know, man, I just, I don't see it for the Rockets, but I, I feel like you know, they need to prove it. Cause as Connor said, James Harden's always in the MVP conversation, but you know, they've, they've never been able to get past the Warriors. And then of course the Warriors won't be in it this year, but you know, are they going to be able to take that next step? And they've had chance after chance and haven't been able to get it done. So they they need to prove it more, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm going to answer the Rockets, too, on this question, because I think organizationally, if you look at the kind of talent that they've had and gave away for Chris Paul, they they totally lost that Chris Paul trade because they had Montrez Harrell, Lou Williams and Patrick Beverly all on their team and they traded them all for Chris Paul. And I know when that trade first happened, everyone was like, oh, the, the Rockets really won this. But looking just two years after that trade, it's so lopsided in the other way because Chris Paul got a huge contract and he's older, obviously. And then those three guys now in the Clippers are major contributors for probably the best team in the NBA right now. So I think the Rockets, considering that they had all those assets and they gave them up for Chris Paul and then they gave up Chris Paul for Westbrook. It just seems like they're throwing 
you know, darts of the dartboard trying to get something to work. Whereas the 76ers, I, I believe the 76ers players have more to, to prove, like Embiid, but they, they also can have some excuses because Embiid's health has always been an issue. He's always, he's never been healthy his whole career. Ben Simmons, for whatever reason, just doesn't shoot three-pointers, and that's a big problem with him right now. And also their coach, Brett Brown, a lot of people don't like. So there's a, a lot of things in, in Philadelphia that aren't right. So I think they've got more excuses. Whereas the Rockets, they had all this talent, and they gave it up for Chris Paul. They gave it up for Russell Westbrook. And they're doing something totally new in basketball, which is just shooting three-pointers more than two-pointers. I actually heard that in NBA 2K. The announcer said the Rockets last season shot more three-pointers than two-pointers. I was like, Re-? I knew they shot a lot, but I didn't know it was that many. So it's just the way that they're trying to play basketball is just totally different than everybody else. It's more, it's way more extreme when it comes to three-point shooting, but they, I think they've got more to prove. And then also because the Warriors are finally broken up right now. So I know the two LA teams have very solid teams, but that death lineup that the Warriors had, that was kind of impossible. But now that that's gone, the Rockets have no excuses this year. So that that's just where I stand. But do any of you guys want to say anything else about this? Yeah, I was just going to say too, would you, would you also, in addition to the trade the Houston Rockets made acquiring Chris Paul from the Clippers that they lost. Would you also argue that they lost the Chris Paul and Russell Westbrook trade to the Thunder? Because I I would think so. Because they gave up two future first round picks and then Chris Paul is making the Thunder better, whereas Westbrook doesn't seem to be making the Rockets any better in my opinion. So I, I would argue that Chris Paul is doing better on the Thunder than he did on the Rockets and that the Thunder even which that trade was supposed to be a big L for the Thunder but it seems like so far it's been more of a win for them yeah I agree I agree totally so I guess we're we're all good on this topic mm-hmm. okay yeah. all right so now we'll move into some other topics so uh so Connor and Eric you know this especially because uh I've told you about some of these but I wanted to talk about dreams and then later I'll talk about lucid dreaming in case anybody doesn't know what that is about. But I'll start by asking kind of what are some crazy dreams that you've had? Uh, I'll start with Connor. What's what's maybe a crazy dream that you had? Oh, man, that's a tough one. I mean, because I'm one of those people that like I don't really remember my dreams that often. Like I know that obviously everybody dreams. It just depends on whether you remember them or not. Um, I think it's the craziest dreams that I can remember are the ones where like when I was younger and like before I got my driver's license and everything and I would just be driving a car and I'd be like, man, this is weird. Like, why am I driving a car? I'm like 14. Like I'm not, I don't even, I haven't even passed driver's ed yet. Like, why am I in a car? And also, you know, those times when you're driving a car in a dream and, like, you can't control the acceleration. So it's like, you know, what's going on here? I don't know what's happening. So those are probably weird for me. And then 
I don't know. It's hard for me. Like I said, I don't yeah. remember my dreams very often, so okay. I probably couldn't give you a good answer on this. I know I've never lucid dreamt before. I mean, or if I have, I just don't remember. So. Well, that's the definition you would have remembered if you did. Yeah, so. But, well, it could have been so long ago that you just forgot about it. But, uh, Eric, what about you? I You've told me a, a couple of interesting dreams, but what's like... Yeah, I'm I'm similar to Connor that for the most part, I don't I'll remember like that I was dreaming. But then within like a minute after waking up, I don't remember. But sometimes I do remember. And most of the ones that I have lately, uh, it seems like they're work related. And I think it happens. (laughs) Yeah, tell me about it. (laughs) Sorry, Francis. I love you all. But no, Uh, I love my job. It's just that sometimes when I work, if I pick up some doubles and I've worked like two or three doubles in a row, I'll be just be like so exhausted. And then I swear that seems to be when I have dreams Mm -hmm. about work and my craziest one, I know I've told Zach this, I, I may have put it in the group chat or told Connor too. Connor might remember this. I'm not sure, but so I guess I'll preface this by saying I also used to work at a daycare and we used to have this like petting zoo thing that's going to come into the dream. So it's kind of weird because I dreamt about like my old job and my current job at the same time. But so for those of you that don't know me, I work as a server in a restaurant. And so in this dream, I had, all I had was one table. It was a single lady by herself, real easy. I'm not having to work hard. And she's my only table. Well, then the hostess comes up to me and is like, oh, you got a group of 10. And so I said, okay, cool, let's go. So I am I make all their chips and salsa. And I bring them to them. And then this is just where it starts to get really weird because this it was a group of like 10 ladies. And all of them were like, all right, we're going to have some drinks. So I said, cool, that's awesome. What can I get for you? And so they all just started asking for really weird requests like – I don't remember all of them, but the main one I remember was this lady wanted a jumbo margarita, but she wanted me to put chocolate syrup in it. Gross. And I, <laughs> and I said, uh, I don't think the bartender is going to put chocolate syrup in your margarita. She said, well, you're a bad waiter then. And I said, okay, fine. I'll go and I'll go and see if they'll do it. Like one of them wanted whipped cream in a margarita and one of them, like, wow. yeah, one of them wanted like Coke and a Bloody Mary. It was some weird stuff, man. <laughs> and so I'm going to the bar and I'm like, they need all these drinks, but they want chocolate syrup in it and all this stuff and the bartenders are looking at me like I'm crazy and and then I finally get all their drinks and I bring them to the table and one of the ladies gets up from the table and she said open up that door and bring them in and I'm like huh what are you talking about and so we have like an emergency exit door by this particular table and so my manager comes over and opens the door and the school bus pulls up and all these kids get out of it and come into the building and they're like, all right, now bring in the animals. And then here come these other people and they start bringing in like goats and sheep and horses and all this stuff. And like people like, then the kids are all petting them and feeding them food. And I was just, I I was like, what is going on? (laughs) (laughs) And then at the very end, before I wake up, that one lady that I had in the beginning by herself is like waving her receipt in there. And she's like, sir, sir, Sir. I'm trying to pay my ticket. (laughs) (laughs) I've completely forgotten about her. 
it was a mess, dude. I, but I swear these dreams always happen when I've worked a lot and I'm like, okay, that's a sign I need to take a day off. <laughs> so there, there you go. Okay. Yeah. You got to share that story. <laughs> Hopefully yeah. I got some entertainment out of that for the I, listeners. I, I, I was, I was definitely, uh, I wasn't sure if you had told this to me or not, but then when you started mentioning like the animals and stuff, I was like, oh yeah, I remember this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. All right. All right, uh, all right, all right. So, RM, tell us a dream that you've had that's uh, pretty crazy that you remember. Well, for, I have a question first. Have you yeah. guys ever been in a dream and you know you're in the dream and you can control the dream? Yeah, lucid dreaming. I've never done it, but yeah, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> okay, yeah, because I have two. I have dreams that are so vivid, they feel real, but... I kind of let the dream take control, and then I've had dreams where I know I'm in a dream and I can do whatever I want. Mm -hmm. Um, I had this dream where I was – I used to have to walk to work. Like this was a.m. in the morning, like 4 a.m., so it's dark outside. So I had this dream where I'm walking to work, and it's in a bad part of uh, town. I used to live in D.C., and I would see all types of crazy stuff out there in real life. I would see – pimps, panhandlers, all this type of stuff. So I'm walking to work and I see this guy come from behind the dumpster. And I'm like, I don't have any money, so let me just keep walking. And as he gets closer, I find out it's a zombie. So So I start hauling tail. And then all of these zombies just come out of nowhere and they're like rushing me. So I'm running and running and running and I finally get to the train station and I'm you know, taking the commute to work. But when I get off the train, I'm in like medieval times. There's dragons doing flips and there's rainbows. <laughs> it's crazy. So I keep getting on this train and every time I get off at the stop, it's like a different point in time. Like there was one time, it was like this old black and white New York. Um, I mean, I, I've had a lot of wild dreams, but that's the one that I'll never forget. And the dreams that where you think you wake up but you're still dreaming. That's oh God! Pretty, that's I, I will say one thing I do get is I get sleep paralysis every now and then. That is yeah. freaky as it hell. Is. Like yeah, that is really weird. And it freak like it doesn't freak me out as much anymore since I've had it before. But like when I first got it, I was like, oh my God, this is like really freaky. Like I can't move. Like <laughs> what's going on? Yeah. So what, what exactly is sleep paralysis? Cause I don't. Think so, that. so basically what it is, um, is like, you're basically awake and it's like, you're aware of what's going on, but you can't move because basically what happens is when you sleep, your brain just like it shuts mm-hmm. your muscle coordination and all the signals going to mm-hmm. your muscles shut down when you're sleeping. So that way you don't like roll out of bed. So, and basically what happens is it's kind of like this intermittent stage where mm-hmm. your brain is awake and alert, but it hasn't started like reconnecting and sending those messages to your muscles anymore. So you can't move. Like I can move my head, but I can't move anything else. And it's just really freaky. So you and get sometimes, it like when you wake up. Yeah, usually? like you'll okay. you'll wake up and then like you know what'll happen is every now and then it'll all of a sudden kick back in and then poof and then like I'll yeah, move so really back to life. Re- yeah. yeah, I'll move really violently and uh, every like <laughs> muscle in my body will move. I'm like whoa, like that was weird, but it does it does happen to me occasionally and it is pretty freaky. It's kind of scary sometimes, but. 
Um, I'm used. I'm a little used to it. I'm a little used to it now, so it's not terrible anymore. Yeah. My question is, when you go through that, can you speak? Um, I don't know if I've ever tried to because you know there's no one else in the. I've never had this when I've been like like if I'm sleep like if I'm sleeping in the same bed as my girlfriend. I've never had this happen to me then. It's only happened to me when I've been on my own. So I don't know if I can. I know that I'm just completely alert, though. I understand what what's going on. I just can't move. Well, this happened to me when I was I haven't had this happen in a long time. But back when I was younger, me and my brother shared a room and it happened to me and I'm trying to scream and all I can do is whisper. No matter how loud I try to scream, all, all that comes out is a whisper. So I'm with him. I mean, it's real freaky. Real mm. well, I want to I ask you guys something about that, too, because I've since y'all have both experienced that I haven't. But I've also heard that a lot of times when people get sleep paralysis, that they'll see like shadowy figures and it looks like somebody might come in and try to kill them or mm. some some like terrifying. Like it's not just not only can you not move, it looks like something could happen to you. Have either of you experienced no. that? I will no. say the freakiest thing that's happened to me is um, I've never had that happen. I feel all alone, but for some reason, every now and then when that happens, it's like the room around me will shake. Like every, it's like an earthquake is happening sometimes. Like mm. even though it's obviously not, but my brain is somehow reacting, and everything is like shaking super hard. That's what's happened to me before. I've never had that like shadowy figures or someone's coming in to kill me or anything. It's just every now and then it's like an earthquake's going on when it's really not and I can't move. <laughs> Dang, dude, that's freaky. <laughs> I've never had that. That's I have heard of that before. I think uh, Katy Perry or someone was talking about one of their sleep paralysis episodes and it felt like they had this weight on their chest and when they woke up they saw like this demon sitting on their chest. I don't know how real that is, but it's never happened to me. Uh, that's interesting because I, well, I'm like Eric. I've I've not had any experiences like that. That would be really crazy to have. Um, but for my, for my answer for the crazy dreams, I'll kind of talk about two of them. Eric and Connor probably know them, but uh, so this is I'll do the the first one. It's like a crazy dream because it really was. It was lucid though, um, and <laughs> so obviously you can you can do what you want in lucid dreams, but um it was crazy because it didn't start out lucid it just happened to to start like i didn't go into sleep like desiring a a specific dream or anything but i was dreaming and we were at connor and eric were in this dream it was like a family reunion going on and Uh, somehow we weren't there (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah it was a family reunion going on and like we were it was somewhere in like South Carolina and we were staying at like a condo or something for a couple days. And sounds like, uh, head. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was basically, it was, that was the memory. That was the founding memory. And, um, and so, but the, the, the thing that made it crazy was our neighbors on the other side of the condo, they were, um, it was the rock and Oprah and they were married together. Like they were, they were a couple in this dream and they were there and then they had a daughter and I kind of hooked up with the daughter and they, uh, they, uh, they wanted, um, they wanted me to make like a, 
a big feast, like a big vegetarian food feast for them and their daughter. And I did that and I like I got in their good graces and stuff. I was hanging out with The Rock and Oprah and their daughter. <laughs> it was just really weird. Uh, but it, it was elusive, obviously. Once it kicked in my brain that this isn't real. So then I knew it was a uh, it was a lucid dream. And lately I haven't been having as many lucid dreams because something I've noticed is when I wake up by alarm clock, which is how I do now, I tend to my sleep gets disrupted by that. Whereas if you don't wake up by an alarm clock, I pretty much always have a lucid dream. I don't know why, but. Uh, and then what really started lucid dreams for me, this was in Tennessee, actually another like family get together. This, that was actually the culmination, but I always from like age four or whatever to like age eight, every night I would have a nightmare where there was this orange lizard and he was like the size of a human, but it was an orange lizard and he was, his name was dreamer and he would always like haunt me in my dreams. So I would start dreaming and then the orange lizard would come up, Dreamer would come up, and he would force me. There was like a big movie screen with a bunch of different themes in it. So that there was like a haunted house, there was like a graveyard, there was all these spooky, scary places. And he would force me to pick what dream setting I would go in. So every night I would have to go into like the haunted house or the graveyard or whatever. And I remember I, that was like almost every single night for a couple of years and eventually I don't know why it was in North it was in Tennessee but I was sleeping and I had that dream again and then I just had the willpower in my head to say no I'm not doing this and then I said you're going to jail and so I put the I forced a jail around dreamer the orange lizard and then after that I never had it I never had a dream. He never came back in my dreams. So I'm not sure if it was like a demon thing or not, but it was uh, it was crazy because that was when because obviously you have there has to be something odd going on when you have the same dream every single night. But it's so complex that you can pick on a screen of like eight or ten options. And then like I pick this setting and it immediately takes me there. Um, And then dreaming yeah yes this is dreaming (laughs) um and yeah it was just really bizarre but for whatever reason i had like the i had the ability in my head to say no it's not how i don't want to do this again i'm not going to do it and so i put the jail around him and then it stopped him and then i stopped having those dreams and then after that i was able to do other yeah, I don't yeah know that's hella like, weird, dude. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> and then another thing too, like I asked some of my friends in like tenth grade about like dreaming. I was like, I was like, I had a really weird dream last night, and they were like, what? And then I was like, yeah, you guys don't have dreams, and they're like, yeah, we do, like once a month. And I'm like, <laughs> that's what? me. Like because <laughs> because like I'm used to having a dream like every other night and being able to remember it like. I like you you lose memory of it once you wake up but I would like write them down I've written some pretty crazy ones down too I'm not going to share but uh, (laughs) you want me to okay I'll go (laughs) I mean Eric and I have been told a couple of these so (laughs) okay well I do the same thing when I have wild dreams I'll uh I actually use my phone recorder and I'll talk into it so I do the same thing all right so I got my uh my journal so and like I said, with the alarm clock, I haven't been 
it's been more like sudden awakeness and stuff. It doesn't, it's not as natural, but there was a funny one. There, there was a lot about school too. I've had like Eric, a lot about school settings and work settings. Um, <laughs> this is the funny one that was like a month or so ago. I told, I think I told Eric this. Um, <laughs> so I wrote down, I'll just read exactly what I wrote down. So I wrote, I said, Four or five hot girls I know from high school come to my house, want to go camping with me. Oh, this one. We go to public. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember we, this. So basically just some random hot girls from my high school like knocked on the door and was like, hey, Zach, want to go camping? And then so we went to Publix to buy extra blankets uh, <laughs> and Red Lobster biscuit mix. <laughs> and <laughs> we only had two sleeping bags. So it was me and the two or three other girls snuggling together at night. And my car was driving weird. That was another thing I remembered. I wrote it down. And before that, I was late to school a lot. And then I wrote down the name of one of the people. <laughs> so that was that's an example. I don't want to spend too much time talking about them. Let me. So another one here was um. And sometimes I'm not. It's kind of foggy. So I just said the place PS4 was involved. Eric and Connor were in it. Lots of food. I can't read my handwriting on that other thing, but um, last day of class. Oh, here's one. I, I was in Jumanji with big-ass rhinos who wanted to kill me, Jared, Hope, Nate, and my sister. I had to crack <laughs> potions to make them sleep, and Jared would get something we needed from them while they were sleeping. When they started to wake up, he would run back to the fence. There were also animals we couldn't see. Each of us had our own special abilities, minus potion-making. So, I mean, there's a lot of good <laughs> <laughs> I love the camping one of his like, all right, we're going camping and we need that Red Lobster biscuit mix. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, see, I, I love the camping one because it's like, you know, we didn't have enough sleeping bags. So it's like. <laughs> it was just so weird because it just the doorbell rang and like I go to answer and it's like all these girls and I'm like, whoa. But um, Zach's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I like I've always been fascinated with dreams because. I thought this was what everybody had until, like I said, and I had some conversations with my friends and they were like what Connor was like, oh, maybe I'll remember it like once a month. I always had thought everybody was like me. I didn't think that about the dreamer thing because I told that to people. Nobody nobody had any stories about an orange lizard, but um, I, thought, <laughs> I thought people had more dreams than they do. So I guess, RM, what's like you say you lucid dream every now and then, like how's how does that end up happening to you it's pretty uh frequent i would say maybe once a week but i read somewhere dang yeah i read somewhere where you can induce it like if you just kind of meditate and have like a certain thing on your mind before you Mm -hmm. go to sleep that's what you'll dream about and then i've also seen things that probably don't work that you can take like pill forms and it's supposed to induce loose you know the lucid dreaming Mm -hmm. but um yeah that's pretty frequent well, I've seen, interesting enough, like, because um, I actually did Google this one time, that one thing I've seen that you can do to help you realize to do that is there's this, like, special, I don't know if it's a headset or if they're goggles or something, but they kind of tap into your brain waves and they'll activate when you're in REM <laughs> sleep, like, you know, dream sleep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when that happens, basically a light will flash or something. And I guess you're supposed to notice that in your dream, like a light will flash and you'll notice, oh. like, oh, this is a dream. So it'll help you to control when you lucid dream or not. Okay. 
there, there's um, and I did this for a little bit, but it just ended up being so silly I stopped. But like, like I'd wear a wristband, kind of like Inception, where like you have something that you always do in real life that you just do by habit, and then in a dream you don't feel it. I it didn't really work for me because I was already able to do them, so I just wanted to see how it was like. But you can do it's something similar to that where you do this and then something free you can do some a habit that you do 10 or 12 times a day if you do it for like such a long time you'll just be used to doing it and then you do it in your dream and realize you don't feel it and then you know you're lucid dreaming i guess that's like the cheap way to do it where it takes a long time to, to do it you have to be really dedicated too but there's whole kind of there's whole articles and stuff on how you can better induce it with like with lighting and temperature and the way you sleep it's really fascinating i i like listening to to people talking about it and it's really pretty recent for me because like i said i thought this was normal for everybody until a couple of years ago so i've been finding out more of like dang this is different <laughs> like anytime i'm in a class or something they're like say a random fact about you i'll say something like this so um but yeah i i did want to talk about it because i wanted to to just talk about lucid dreaming and and dreaming in general because it's pretty crazy um yeah so i'll move on now rm do you have any other topics that you want to share with us um not off the top of my head um okay. I, let me ask this question if you could take let me ask this question i have two so let me okay. pick one uh, okay <laughs> who do you think would have had a great career in any sport but either injury or just being a total f up stop them from reaching their potential. Oh, I know my answer for this one easily. Okay. So my answer, yeah. at least for the NFL, would be Bo Jackson. I mean, yeah. the yeah. fact that he, I mean, I know he had his professional baseball career went about like seven or eight seasons, so he lasted a bit longer in that. But he was only in the NFL for about three seasons, and then. I know the story about him to where, like, in a game, he basically dislocated his hip. And what he did was, this is how much, how tough he was. He popped it back into place himself Ah. without any help from anybody. But when he did that, since he did that without any help from medical (laughs) professionals or anything, he basically, you know, screwed up a lot of the blood vessels and everything going to his hip. So he had to retire after that. But... I mean, the dude was just a freak of nature. I mean, he was like 240 pounds and ran a 4-1, like a faster 40-yard dash time than the record at the NFL Combine, like a 4-1-7-40. I mean, how often do you see 240-pound men running 4-1-40s? It was ridiculous. So I would have loved, loved, loved to see what Bo Jackson could have done if he had had a longer career and... Yeah, that was an easy one for me. It was him. Yeah, that's a good one. That is a good one. Yeah, for me, I guess I'll, I'm going to go over to the NBA side, and probably one of the most disappointing careers I've ever seen was Greg Oden when he got drafted yeah. number one by the Trailblazers. And, of course, the Trailblazers, you know, obviously hindsight's twenty twenty, but they probably feel dumb for not taking Kevin Durant. But, <laughs> I mean, yeah. but Greg Oden was supposed to be, like, this promising next generation center and getting a great center is so hard to come by. So I think they, I I can definitely understand why they picked him, but it just seemed like every year he was hurt and 
I I would have liked to have seen what his career would have been if he hadn't been derailed by so many injuries. I felt like he had a lot of potential, and he obviously had the size and athleticism and everything. I think he he could have been a beast, but he was just one of those examples of just injuries plaguing him from the start, and just seemed like he never really had a chance. Kind of it seemed like Joel Embiid was heading in that direction, but then he's yeah. been able to put a couple seasons under his belt. But Joel Embiid was looking like he was going to be the next Fred Godin, but so that that was a disappointing one for me. I would have liked to have seen what he could have become in the NBA. Yeah, uh, I'm going to go more recency here. I'm going to say Derrick Rose because yeah, he was at, he was absolutely insane. And he was only like 22 or 23, I think, when he had his MVP season. He was super young. And who knows what would have happened with the Eastern Conference. Would the Bulls have beat the Heat in a year or two? if he had stayed healthy. So that's that's one guy for me who I know he's playing now, but it would have been it would have been I nice mean, to see him fully yeah. healthy. Yeah. Uh I would say if anybody knows me, they know I'm a T Mac fan and when he was at the peak of his career, he was just as good at as Kobe. There was one year he was better than Kobe. Um but he had back injuries. And that team actually had another player, Grant Hill, who was plagued by injuries and, and never really materialized into what he could have been we had him too and a lot of people don't know this fact that um there was a year tim duncan could have came to that orlando magic oh yeah i remember that yeah okay so wasn't it something like they didn't pay for the plane ticket or something it was um they didn't allow his girlfriend to be on the plane or something like the team plane and that he said that that (laughs) and he said that was the he was going to join but if but that's turned him off. If they had agreed to that, he would have been an uh, Orlando Magic member, which would have been crazy. <laughs> yeah, that wow. Geez, Zach, your yeah. team really screwed up there. I know. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't have know a how prime I heard about that. And Tim Duncan. Yeah, to have a prime McGrady and Tim mm-hmm. Duncan on a team, they could have went, you know, far. But T-Mac, he had all the skill in the world, but, you know, it doesn't mean anything if you – go down with the injury and it's um just ruins your career so yeah that's uh that's too bad for the for those guys um i'll move on now to our final topic so i'm I'm gonna ask you guys this do i made this a topic because i have the background knowledge but do you guys know about china the social credit system going on in china do you have any familiarity with that I don't. I, I feel I feel embarrassed that I'm a political science major, but in my defense, I am an American politics major. So yeah. Well, I I was looking at this when we started the episode, and I was like, China's social credit system. What is that? So I, I went and looked it up. So I mean, I've okay. only read about it for a few minutes, but so ba- if I read it right, it's basically like it's going to be kind of like a credit score, except it's not with credit. It's about your social status yeah. like if you're on bad like if you if you speed if you get caught speeding it lowers your mm-hmm. like social I, i've support. got a whole list of different things to black do mirror. So. yeah kind of like black mirror yeah. yeah so so rm you're familiar with this yeah just off that tv show and i thought that was crazy enough but they're actually doing this <laughs> yeah this is so this is gonna be later in 2020 they've been testing it out in certain cities in china for the past decade and we don't know the full details of it yet, but I'll read to you guys. So basically, it's a score that you get as a person, and it's based on like good and bad actions. 
and it's public access so anybody can look anybody up and so yeah. some some of the proposed actions that this could be because they've had this going on for 10 years in certain cities so some of the cities have had these are things you can do to boost your score donating blood paying your bills on time donating charity volunteer work taking care of elder family members being a model employee and then posting pro-government social media posts so those are things that can increase your score and then the things that can decrease your score are pretty interesting I know Aaron's not going to like these first two, or he might like the first one. So cheating in online video games lowers your score. <laughs> what? Yeah, I think Aaron's going to really like that. I mean, uh, you know, I, I like that. That's Yeah, all, all those people like that, you know, tunnel them and Dead by Daylight, you know, they, they, their, <laughs> that need, is. their scores need to be lowered. <laughs> um, so another video game one, playing what they deem excessive video games. So who knows what that means, but if, if you're an excessive gamer, that could decrease your score. That's something I don't think Aaron would like. Um, cult slash religious practices, because obviously China doesn't support religion. Uh, I thought they were Buddhist. Like, like they supported the Buddhist. Uh... Well, the government, the Chinese government. Oh, the that's, government, yeah, yeah. The, the communist government. Yeah, yeah okay, I get it. Um, uh, so another one is having an insincere apology in court spreading fake news on the internet, anti-government messages on social media, not visiting your aging parents enough, protesting like... How are they going to keep track of you visiting your aging parents? I'll I'll tell you you in a second. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, protesting like the the freedom protests, uh, paying your bills late, blasting loud music on public transportation, making appointments (laughs) and not showing up, not wow. sorting your trash properly, jaywalking and running red lights. And then this one is interesting too. Walking your dog without a leash and not picking up your dog's poop. And <laughs> in a city, they've already had this. And what they'll do is if you're caught doing this, they'll actually take your dog away for up to five years. And you oh get a dog God. ownership ban for up to five I mean, years. I mean, walking your dog like off leash like i will say my dog cosmo like we walk him off leash all the time like i feel like if your dog is well enough behaved and he's trained well enough then there shouldn't be a problem with that like so uh, obviously if they're not trained then yeah that's bad but like if they're trained then (laughs) yeah so i guess we'll we'll talk about the action so what of those actions like really stand out to you like that you think are some of those that you think you agree with really and then some that you don't agree with I'm still curious as to how they're going to keep track well, of you visiting your aging parents. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's nuts, man. I guess the the video game one is probably the most interesting one for me because that was one I saw when I was looking up at it. It said like it didn't say the one I saw it didn't say if you played video games too much, but it said if you bought too many video games. Oh, okay. I don't know if that that's probably that's probably coincide though. Yeah. I'm sure like they're probably both the same, but. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. Like you're contributing to our economy, but that's going to lower your social score for buying <laughs> games. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's good. I mean, the ones you know, like the donating blood and you know stuff like that. Like that's paying your bills on time. Everybody should be doing that. I mean, yeah, you know, some of that stuff's good, but it just seems like some of the things that can lower your score. Uh, bit too excessive and the fact that there even is a scoring system is a little crazy to me but <laughs> i don't know all right what do you think man okay 
Um, I have a statement and I have a question. Yeah, yeah. I, I was watching the Joe Rogan Experience, and they actually had this um, Asian lady on there, and she's from Singapore. And apparently um, they they have something like that in place, but it's much more uh, severe. So she said they kind of paint the place like Disneyland, like everything's nice. and But if you violate an action, like you're a drug dealer, that's punishable by death. They'll hang you. Mm. Everything is a hanging. Yeah. So I guess Jeez. there was, yeah, everything's hanging. So I guess there was this guy, he was American or Australian. I think he was Australian. And they called him at the uh, train station and he had drugs on him. And right from the train station, they took him and hung him. Wow. So that's, yeah, that's pretty severe. But my question is, if you kind of tweak some of these things that would uh, boost your score or lower it, do you think that would be good for society? Like if we tried to uh, yeah. over here. Yeah. It's, that's, that's really the, their whole goal with this yeah. is to boost society. Um, I, I do think so. But when you start – the ones the ones that really irk me on this are the uh, the pro government and anti government things because that's obviously like that's a huge deal you know in China is like the government so the fact that like well because the, you know the communist yeah, party is, is, is a minority but like they still are in control so they want to keep like you know the image up <laughs> yeah so like I don't. I don't know if it's going to, like, from that aspect, they're going to see less, like, anti-government posting and stuff like that. But for the other aspects, I I feel like it will because I'm going to get into the ramifications of your score later. But I, I actually do think that this might work out. Um, but obviously in America it would never have. I mean, like we would be outraged <laughs> if something like this happened. But in China they can get away with something like this because of the government. But so I'll get into the ramifications real quick. Um, so this is like the rewards and punishments for the, your score. So some rewards are you get access to universities easier. You get resume reading, faster resume reading by employers, free access to gyms. You get shorter waits at hospitals and discounts at hotels tax breaks and then like the chinese version of tinder uh allows you to post your score on there so it's theorized that if you have a higher dating you know your score you're going to get more dates um interesting yeah and then the punishments are this is where where it gets really weird the punishments are if you get a score low enough you get a flight ban a train ban total public transit ban in a visa ban. So basically you're locked into wherever you are. You can't leave the country. Wow. You can't leave your city. Uh, you can't get a government job. I feel like that's pretty obvious. Uh, losing access to schools. And then this is big. Your children also lose access to certain schools. Wow. Yeah. So this doesn't just affect you. It can affect your children. Low speed internet connection to your house. That's a big deal. That's a big deal though. <laughs> hotel ban um and then also this is a this is another this is the like black mirror crazy thing but you get publicly shamed because what they do is they put in movie theaters like advertisements before movies they'll put up pictures of people with oh. low scores and you're oh supposed to like laugh at <laughs> and also not just movie theaters but like billboards around the city like flat will flash up pictures of people with low scores and it's it's supposed to be like public shaming. 
Christ. Oh, oh my God. I can't so believe they're they, going to publish wow. publicly shame It's like you. the rewards are not <laughs> like when I. Elders. Not visiting your elders. Okay, so I my theory on that is because so right now the country has 200 million cameras, but in one year they're supposed to increase the amount of cameras in China to be 620 million with facial recognition. So with 620 million cameras around, I feel like they might be able to tell that. Um, who knows? Though obviously, like not everybody's gonna probably get caught by the cameras, but with all this amount of cameras going on, this is why jaywalking, if nobody's around you, it's not a big deal. But if the camera sees it, then it can lower your score. You know what I mean? So I feel like maybe that with your parents sort of thing, but obviously it's not going to be a complete perfect system. But so like for me though, these punishments are way worse than the rewards are good. (laughs) Yeah, I I would agree. (laughs) Wow. That's interesting. But, like, what about the public shaming? Like, do you think that people are actually going to, like, laugh <laughs> at these pictures of people with low scores? Like, do you think it's going to be, like, a generation thing? Like, the kids growing up now are going to be, like, used to this. And then in, like, another generation, this is actually going to be, like, really shameful to have your picture on the screen with a bad score. I, I'm going to say it, it's interesting because the things that lower your score are almost – like trivial they're for playing games too much i'm going to be yeah. publicly shamed for playing video games too much you're going to put my picture up in a movie theater <laughs> that's just ridiculous <laughs> i mean i, I think yeah i think it's um the current generation in china like the current generation is already fed up with the communist government as much as they are already i feel like this just isn't going to go over very well with the current generation <laughs> because you know, obviously previous generations, like that's what they grew up with and they just kind of accepted it. Whereas now the new generations that are coming in are becoming more and more dissatisfied with the communist regime. I mean, China itself isn't even really a communist country anymore. There's so many capitalist, you know, policies and things that go on. It's the same, Vietnam is the same way. Like Vietnam is technically a communist country, but there's so many capitalist policies and practices that go on that it's not really a communist country so and that has to do with the younger generations coming in so i feel like this isn't going to go over very well with the current generation in china (laughs) well okay so eric what about the low speed internet like (laughs) yeah um guys i've got some bad news i know we were planning to do some twitch stream soon but i can't because my i have low speed internet because i have a bad social score so i'm sorry <laughs> <about that. laughs> it's ridiculous yeah that's yeah. messed up man i mean i guess if you think about it in a way i mean we kind of in a way have a system like that in america i mean we we don't have a number but you know if you've been to jail you're gonna have a harder time getting a job or if you have a if you don't pay your bills and stuff on time, you're going to have a bad credit score, which affects your ability to buy a car or house or something. So, I mean, we like in a way have this here, but obviously it's not, you know, oh, you bought, it's you, not have a three, you have a three game purchase limit at GameStop, but you bought five. So your score is <laughs> lowered. I mean, obviously we don't have it to an extreme like that, but for jaywalking, a lot of, a lot of stuff like yeah, normally goes or, unseen or un, unnoticed. Um, yeah. Now I mean, and obviously like my, you know, my parents aren't like at that age where like 
they would need help or I would need, or I would need to take care of them or anything. But, you know, right now, like with my situation, I live in Texas, they're in Florida. So if, if, if that was like in America, like, I guess I'm going to have a lower score because I'm halfway across the country and can't get to and them then, to visit them. So I guess I'm going to be put on a billboard or in a <laughs> well, theater because also, I'm ashamed for not visiting my parents. You're going to lose any public acts, transit access. So like, it's going to make it even harder to visit them. Since you're being yeah. stuck to your city, you know what I mean. I'm gonna have to so. drive my car all the way across the country, and <laughs> like, that's just nuts. it's definitely way too extreme for sure. Like, this whole thing is nuts. <laughs> I thought it was, I thought it was nuts. That's why I brought it up in, in the podcast. But this is real. This is gonna be happening later this year. So it's something. It's not a TV show episode like Black Mirror. This is something actually gonna be happening. Um, so crazy. <laughs> yeah. You guys have any other uh, any other last thoughts on this? I think RMU had a reaction to the uh, children being banned from universities if your parents mess I mean, up. It's, it's it's just silly. It's very very petty. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, but I think it would work if it wasn't so petty, like you said, how we have it over here about you know the um, paying your bills on time. But there's other things like. Um, uh, just being rude, like just I've seen people in the grocery store and they just go above rudeness. Like if you're not getting the proper service, there are certain ways to handle it. But to curse some people out and be loud and there's kids around. I can understand that. That's but playing video. Who cares? You're in your own house playing. <laughs> video. It's not bothering anybody. Yeah. I don't understand that. Yeah. And I, I'll say like these aren't the official guidelines. This is just what. The certain cities have had so it's it's possible that there there will be differences and when it actually comes up but yeah it's uh it's very petty i think yeah um, so <laughs> i guess anybody have any other thoughts on this and then we'll wrap this up uh no i, I think yeah. i'm good okay mm-hmm. all right guys so thanks for listening rm thank you for being a part of this this is a lot of fun uh yes. as usual yep yes, and, yes. In about a month, I guess we'll probably be back on your show again. We do the month rotation, so back uh, to work, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. All right, all right, guys. Thank you guys for listening. Take care. Have a great rest of your day. See you guys. Guys. All right. Peace. Peace.